Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. The Bible says in verse 6 of James 4, it says, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Verse 8 says, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Verse 10 says, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. If you will, join me in prayer right now. Lord, I ask you right now, Lord Jesus, touch this earthly vessel. Lord, I ask you to minister tonight to this congregation, Lord. Lord, I ask you to use my lips tonight. Lord Jesus, speak these words, Lord Jesus, of encouragement to this crowd. Lord Jesus, each each one, everyone here tonight, leave, Lord Jesus, with a, a word, Lord Jesus, drawn closer to you, Lord. Lord, I ask you to minister, Lord Jesus, throughout the remainder of this service. Lord, allow your will to be done tonight in this service. Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Tonight I'm going to talk to us for a few minutes from the title of this. I told Sister Edith I'd changed it three or four times. But tonight I says, how bad do you really want it? You know, the Bible, the scriptures I read, you know, the verse 10 says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and ye shall be lifted up. Tonight, as Brother Chris was talking about it, and Brother Jerry, he started sharing on, my, on, my, on the notes, confirmed that, that God was wanting to speak this one word, this message to us, that we need to humble ourselves to God. Get on, get on the right page with Him. And he will make our ways straight. He will, he, will, he will accomplish what we want tonight. You know, the Bible says in Matthew 7, in verse 7, it says, Ask and ye shall be given, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Verse 8 says, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and that he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. We have a promise to us tonight. If we ask, we shall receive. If we knock on, it will be open to us. And we, and we, tonight if we seek it, we will find it. So many times in life, you know, we, we go through life, we, we all have needs. Anybody here, here besides me has a need in their life? They need, need something from God and we need something. We come to, the, come to the church sometimes, so many times in life, and we find ourselves in need when we walk in the door. So many times we, we walk up to each other and we ask us how we do it and every, our, 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 our statement is always going to be, oh, I'm doing good, everything's good. But when really, you know, we're not doing so good. We have things in our life that's not just right. 
We have struggles that we're facing. We have things in life. In the world, we have, there's people that have addictions of all different kinds of this world. There's drug, they have addic- they're addicted to drugs, alcohol, smoking, cigarettes. There's just, the list could go on and on. For me, it's usually a sweet tea. My wife has unsweet tea. But uh, sometimes in life, you know, sometimes we're at home and we go through things. And when you want something bad enough, when you're addicted to something, you want something bad enough, you'll, you'll make whatever it takes to make it happen. Sometimes we're sitting at home and there's no sweet tea made or no, no, no tea made in the cab refrigerator and there's no way to make tea or sometimes. Sometimes I'll get dressed and drive five miles to the S&S just to buy sweet tea. Because when you want it bad enough, you'll make whatever it takes to make it happen. Just that way with just some people that's addiction, it doesn't matter how bad they want it. it when they, when they, they got to have it. So whatever it takes to get it, they will make it happen. When you want something bad enough, you'll pay the price to get it. You know, a salesman's job is to make you think that you have to have it right now and you cannot go home without it today. Years ago, I had, we had a, a couple, it was a, a couple of friends of ours that we used to go out to eat with, and one of them, he, he was a salesman, and we were sitting at a table one night in a restaurant, and, and he told me, and he was just talking about his job, and he was talking about sales, and he says, he says, in life, he says, you know, he says, in my job, he says, my goal is, is to make them buy this, doesn't matter if they want it or they need it, or whatever it is, my job is to make them leave with this today. And he says, so many times, he says, I've, he said, I've, I've sold things to people that they didn't really need, but I convinced them that they needed it. I convinced them that they wanted it so bad that they could not leave without it. And so, so sometimes in life, you know, that we find ourselves that way. We get in a place where we want something so bad, or we get something we think we got to have, we'll pay whatever price it is. You go to a car dealership and you, Cars was well overpriced, and so many times, you know, if you're not careful, if you leave there, you'll pay way more than you wanted to pay for it just because you liked it, you wanted it, and that's just how life is. Here's where Brother Jerry was getting on my notes. In 2 Kings 5, we talk about a man by Naaman. Naaman wanted something real bad. He needed a healing. Brother Jerry's already talked about it. We already talked, Brother Jerry's already talked about him traveling across here, across the, the the hundred mile, you know, the mile, the hundred miles, and to get to where the prophet was. But verse five, King, verse Second Kings five and one says, "Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also mighty in valor, but he was a leper. Naaman was a great man, but he had a problem, and he knew it." There's a lot of people, great people in this world that, that realize that they have a problem. And then there's some that don't realize, don't even realize they have the problem. And that's the same in the church. There's people that has problems sometimes in life, and we have a need or we need something. We've got to have something we need real bad, or like a healing in our bodies. Or, or we find something we've we, we got to have, and uh, our life is upside down. And we find ourselves we have needs, but sometimes we realize we need that need. And then there's sometimes in life we, realize, we, we don't even realize what we're really needing. The first step to getting what you need from God 
is to realize that you have a need. It came to pass when the king of Israel, in verse 7, says, he read the letter that was, and he read his clothes and said, I am God, am I, am I God to kill and to make alive, that this man doth sin unto me to recover a man of his leprosy. Wherefore consider, and it, and it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard the king of Israel, had rent his clothes, that he sent the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came, to his house, came with his horses and with his chariots, and he stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And when Naaman heard that the man of God wanted to see him, he probably came with speed the prophets to the prophet's house to get the answer that he was needing and he was hoping to get an answer for his, his cure from this, from this evil disease. After all, he was the captain. Of course, he was going to get right in to see this, this man of God. He felt like he was going to get right in to see this man of God. But verse 10 says, And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again unto thee and thou shalt be clean. And Elisha didn't even go to the door to meet him. He just sent someone out to give him a message. Today, if you showed up at the church out in front and you had a need in your life, and the man of God just sent a messenger out to you in the parking lot and said, go, go wash in the river, or go do this, or go do that, you probably would have your feelings hurt, Right? And that's how, here, that's how, that's how Naaman was. And verse 11 says, I believe he, he, he got the message, but Naaman was kind of feeling like he was being just pushed to the side. But Naaman was wroth, and he went away and said, Behold, I thought he surely would come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. But he never even got to see the preacher. All he got was a message, Go wash yourself in that old nasty Jordan River. Telling him to wash in the telling me to wash in the Jordan. Doesn't he know that I am the captain of the host? Sometimes we think just like old Nemo, we want the easy way out, or we want we want we want from what we need from God. We don't want to be put out. We have too much pride. We have we after all, this Naaman was a captain. Sometimes we look at our life and we think about, you know, here we are in life. You know, here, who does he know who I am? We've had that statement. But sometimes in life, you know, here we are, people just like this have been third-generation Pentecostals. We should have, we think sometimes in life, you know, because we've been around this church all of our life, and we've seen how things is done. And we, have, we get it set in our mind, that's how this is going to happen this time. But sometimes when it don't go just like we feel, we like name it and we want to leave. Here, Naaman, you know, he, he could have changed, you know, Naaman made the excuse. He's, why couldn't I went and go washed in some one of these? Why I have to go wash in the Jordan River? And there are a lot more cleaner rivers around here I can wash in. And I'm just paraphrasing that. He, he asked, he says, he named a couple of rivers, but he says, he says, why don't I just go wash in the, this clean river over here? And that's how we are sometimes in life. We find ourselves, you know, trying to f- make our own way. You know, I, I, can, I can figure out how, God, this is how you need to f- solve my problem. This will be a little easier for me. But sometimes, you know, 
make it easy for me. That's what we want to say. We want, God, just make it easy. We can, I can help you out with this problem. Here, fix it this way. And so many times in life we find ourselves, it seems like it's getting worse. And sometimes we have to go through some things because that's the way God has, decides he wants to work in our life. So many times in my life, I found times in my life that I tried to help God out. I said, well, God, if you'll do it this way, if you'll make this happen over here and this happen over there, that, that's to be, that's to be the best way to fix this. Make this happen and that happen. But that ain't the way God works. He don't ask me if how I think it should be done. We believe so many times in life we find ourselves want to work like that. Second Kings 5 and 13 says, And the servant came near when he kept complaining about why, why did he just send me this message? Why did I have to go do this? In verse, verse 13 Verse chapter 5, he says, And his servant came near and spake unto him, saying, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldest thou not have done it? How much rather then when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean. So many times, you know, as I said earlier, a lot of people are looking for the easy way out. They think that their social status should mean something. The only way Naaman was going to get healed is by God's way. Tonight, I'm here to tell someone the only way we're going to get what we need from God is by God's way. The only way to get to heaven is God's way. It's, the only, only, it's, it's God's way or it's the highway. And here, here, here Naaman, he was almost chose the highway in this situation. How many of us has missed out on blessings because we allowed pride or selfishness to get in the way? How many... How many churches has missed out on a revival because it wasn't, it wasn't the way they thought that it should come? How many times do we think we've, we've got out of the will of God because we try to do it our way and not the way of God? 2 Kings 5, 5 and 14 says, then, then, when he, then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan according to the say, sayings of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And when you do it God's way, we see what happens. When Naaman did it what, the way God's man said do it, or the way God told him to go do it, he was healed. When we humble ourselves, when we really want revival, when we really, really want a blessing, when we really want to be healed, when you're really get it, wanting it bad enough, we'll do whatever it takes to get it. Tonight, I'm going to talk. The next person we'll talk about is Jacob. Jacob wanted things from he wanted things from God even more than his brother Esau. Jacob wanted it bad enough that he was even willing to steal and try to deceive his way through life. And after after Jacob had deceived his way and been deceived and, and on his way back later in his life, on his way back home to his homeland, Jacob found himself alone in Genesis 32 and 24. The Bible says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said unto him, let 
let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he saith unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. Verse 28 says, And he said, Thy name shall no called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And 29 says, And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, what it's, what, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. You know, here we find this, the story of Jacob. And I said, said earlier, Jacob wanted to be blessed by God. He wanted, the, he wanted to, the, his inheritance, he wants everything. He, he even was willing to deceive, lie, cheat, any way he could get it. That's how Jacob, he was that way. He got some of his own medicine from his uncle. But, but when we find him here in this story, when he was wrestling with this angel, he wrestled with him all night. And when he saw that he was not, the angel saw that he was not going to, he was not prevailing against him or he wasn't going to get away from him because Jacob was so determined he was not going to let him go. That he touched the hollow of his thigh and dislocated his hip. And when his hip was even, after his hip was even dislocated, the Bible says, and he still wrestled with him. He wasn't going to give up even though the pain in his hip. He says, I will not let thee go until thou bless me. And sometimes in life, I, you know, we look at Jacob's life and we find Jacob here. Yeah, he was willing to lie and deceive and whatever. But Jacob had a drive behind him. He, when, what he wanted, he wanted it. And he wanted it, whatever it took to get it. And sometimes I believe we got to be a little bit more like Jacob. Here Jacob was, he was willing to do whatever it took in this little wrestling match. He wasn't going to let this angel, this, 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 he knew this, this was God here. He wasn't going to allow this blessing to slip by his hands. Didn't matter if, how much pain he was in, how much, it, how much it took out of his life. He was going to fight for what he wanted for his life. And sometimes in our life, when we, there's things that we need in life. There's things that we want in life, things that we got to have in life. We're not going to get them unless we have this kind of determination. We're going to have to fight right through whatever it takes to get it. Sometimes we're just going to know pacified prayer is not going to get what we need in life. There's things that we face in life that we're not going to get by just, just by lay me down to sleep prayer at night. In the morning time, just, what, just a little bit, a few minutes by the, by the side of the bed. We're not going to get that, but this way, we're going to have to be like Jacob. We're going to have to press. We're going to have to keep pushing until it doesn't matter what happens. We're going to have to keep pushing through everything we got to get what we got. Jacob wasn't willing to give up one minute before he blessed him. I believe Jacob would have held on through the, after daylight, through the next day, whatever, however long it took before he got blessed. And sometimes I believe God is just holding. And we, he not, I don't believe God is holding things over us, but I believe sometimes God in our life, he's just wanting to see how bad we really want it. How bad is it going to have to get before we really get serious about God? The next person I want to talk about is blind Barnabas. He, needed, he, needed a, he had a need in his life, and he needed God to move in his life. Mark 10 and verse 46 says, And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his, with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Barnabas, the son of the Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out 
and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the much the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, arise, he calleth thee. And he cast and and he casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do to thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. And blind Barnabas here, he, he, here he was, he was sitting beside the road begging. And when Jesus come along, he, he started crying out for Jesus to heal him. Jesus, I got a need in my life. It didn't matter how many times people told him to be quiet. He wouldn't, he wouldn't quit. He wasn't going to be quiet because he had a need in his life. And he had, had, he had been blind long enough that he was, gonna, he was tired of being blind. And so I think he'd got far enough in life, he just figured, he says, well, hey, I'm not going to hush. I'm not going to shut up. They can do whatever they want to to me. I'm not going to be quiet until Jesus hears me. And sometimes in life, we, we're just like that in life. We, we have to have that kind of determination that we're not going to give up. No matter who says, okay, it's okay. It's, it's not time to go for prayer. Who says it's, you know, this is not prayer time? When we have a need in our life, as, as, we, as I always say, and we all, Brother Boyd's always said, the altars is always open. If you have a need in your life, it doesn't matter when, if it's from the very beginning of the service until the very last, amen, you come to get your need because that's what we come to this house for, is for God to bless us, God to touch us. Tonight, if you have a need in your life, you don't have to wait until a certain time and schedule. Things should be orderly and things should be in place, but but I, I believe sometimes in life, you know, sometimes we, we we try to put order in too much things. And here they was telling this this lame this blind man to to be quiet, be quiet. He ain't got time for you. And I believe sometimes in in life we feel like that. We sit on a pew sometimes. We come to church sometimes. I've been there myself. Come to church when I had a need in my life, and we sat there and stayed quiet. We sat there and didn't move God started moving around in the church and you started seeing his presence move but I didn't feel like getting up and going worshiping I sat there and I left the same way I came in I didn't want it bad enough sometimes when we come in with a need we walked back out with a need because we sat there and we didn't want it bad enough. We didn't get up and come to the front. When God started moving, we didn't move. We just sat there. You know, throughout the Bible, we find story after story of people, and I can stand here all night and talk about the people that, that wanted it bad enough to see things. You know, you talk about the story, just one, I'm not going to talk about the whole story, but the story of where the four men tore off the roof of the man's house and lured their friend in. They wanted their friend healed. It didn't matter what it was going to cost them to fix this man's roof. It didn't worry about how much it was going to cost them or how what they might happen to them of being tearing this man's house up. They were just willing to want to get their man, their their friend healed. And to die, I'm, I'm, we have to we have that kind of determination. This world is rocking us to sleep. Every day we go through this world is rocking us to sleep, and if we're not if we're not 
and if we don't have the determination, if, if we don't want it bad enough, we'll sit by and allow this, this sleep and this slumber of this life. So many times in life we look at, you know, look at church and we look at our life, and I grew up in church, and we say, why ain't we having church like we had when I was a child? And, I'm, and I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I believe it's because we don't want it bad enough. Why, why, why not we having revival? It's because we don't want it bad enough. Why are we not seeing the church grow? I believe it's because we don't see, we would not want it bad enough. And that's what I felt like in prayer today as I was praying. The world is trying to blur the lines between good and bad. And if we don't stand up today, if we don't get, get something, a drive behind us, determination behind us that we, we got to want this worse than anything else. In this life, we find ourselves struggling, sometimes even to make it to church, when this should be their first passion. Because we got to be here. We got to make it, make it priority. Because we got to want it bad enough. If we want our lives to change, if we want to be a closer walk with God, we got to have, we got to want it. We've got to want it worse. We want it worse and worse. Two weeks ago, I was in Brandon, Mississippi at the National Prison Conference. And I shared this a week ago, at some, of this, some of this testimony a week ago at, at Madison. But in, the, in that service, they was talking about some, some testimonies of some miracles that happened. And I just wanted to share one that happened in, back in the early part of December in the church that they had the conference in. There was a lady that had went to this church for years and years. She had been in a wheelchair for over 20 years. And she had completely paralyzed from her waist down. She was in a wheelchair for over 20 years. And the pastor of that church, Brother Ken, Ken Irby, he pastors the church, and, and, he, and he was sharing the testimony, me and him was good friends, he was sharing the testimony with me before service, and then he shared it in the service that Thursday night. But he shared the service, and he said God spoke to him at the beginning of the service, and it was just a regular service, it wasn't no miracle service, it was just a regular church service. And in that church service, God revealed to him when he walked on the platform that God was going to heal that lady that night. And he said, here, you know, just like any other, any, other, any of us would have said when God spoke that, you know, <laughs> tested his faith. Here he was sitting on the platform and the service was going on. And right in the middle of song service, he said, God spoke to him again. He says, go to her and she's getting out of that wheelchair tonight. And so he, he said, by the umption of the Holy Ghost, he said, I'm not, it wasn't nothing me. It was the umption of the Holy Ghost. He said, I walked to her wheelchair. And when I got to her, she was sitting about middle ways to the back of the church. He said, I asked her a question. He said, God, in, the, umption, the umption of the Holy Ghost, God told me to ask her this question. He says, are you ready to get out of that wheelchair? And she said, yes, I'm ready to get out of this wheelchair. And he said, by, but God spoke to him and told him, he says, just reach out. He reached his hand out and told her to rise and walk. And that lady stood up out of that wheelchair. And God, but, but, but I, I, brought, I shared that testimony, it says, because he asked her that question, do you want to get out? And I believe sometimes in life we go through things in life. We go through things in life sometimes, and, and God is asking us, are you ready to get rid of this? 
And he had faith to ask her the question. He had faith to give her the command what God gave him. But she had enough faith and she wanted, she wanted it bad enough that she got up out of that wheelchair. It didn't, wasn't easy. She didn't jump and she didn't leap. And she didn't run all over the sanctuary. But she walked across that front of that sanctuary with help because she wanted out of that wheelchair. Two weeks later, she sent the wheelchair back and it sits in their church as a, as a testimony in front of their sanctuary because she told them she don't need that wheelchair to do it. And she's been walking ever since then. God brought her out of the wheelchair. He shared that message in Thursday's service. There was a gentleman that I've, he'd been coming to prison conference for those four years I've been going to the National Prison Conference. I know he's been in a wheelchair for four years. I don't know how long he'd been before. In the middle of that service Thursday night, he wheeled his wheelchair to the front of the church. And I was like, you know, I was kind of in the back because I was an usher that night, and I said, well, I'm going to the front. I'm going to see this. If this is going to happen, I'm going to see this. So I get up and I go to the front or the service because the service was already kind of almost all over the place anyway. So I got up there front and got close enough that I could hear what he said to him. And he asked him that same question. He said, sir, are you ready to get out of that wheelchair? And he said, yes, sir, I am. And he stretched forth his hand, and that guy stood out of that wheelchair. And I know he was paralyzed from his waist down because I've known him for four years and I saw it with my own eyes. God, he stood up out of the wheelchair. But I believe God is ready to do miracles like that in today. The miracles is not just strapped up in this Bible right here. Miracles like that is, is, is today. If we want them bad enough, God will do them today for us. And so when I ask us today, as I begin to close, I ask us today, if you want something, you need something in this service, as Brother Jerry's already said, this is a Wednesday night, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what this Wednesday night, the same God is on here on Sundays is here on tonight. And I believe tonight if you want something bad enough in your life, as we stand across this place, I ask us today, if you have a need in your life, you can make your way and step out because if you want it bad enough, God will meet you there. And as we come to the front of this cross, this church, I believe God will reach out and touch us tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Tonight, as we come forward, as you just make an altar where you stand, but I believe God is going to do some miracles in this place tonight. We don't have to lay hands on you, but just, just the obedience of stepping out, God could work right here. And I believe God will touch people tonight. If you're willing, if you want it bad enough in this service, God will heal you. God will touch you. God will change the situation. Whatever situation it may be in your life, God can change the situation. If you're like Naaman, just don't allow me allow the, the people of this world to change your heart. Don't allow the being you gotta want it bad enough. No matter what God says, do you have to step through that. Don't allow the water to be too dirty. Don't allow the, the world to be too seem like too hard in your life. God has wanted to do some things tonight. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386 935 
2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.